This is the Jamal Show. Good morning. Good morning, my people. Good morning and congratulations. I say congratulations to all of you who can hear my voice because congratulations are in order. After all, you've made it through an evening and been awakened by life. Unlike over 5,000 of your fellow Americans who no longer exist on our planet as of last night. One of them who recently left us is a fellow, a fellow named Kirshnik Ball, Ball. Excuse me. Most people know him as a rapper named Takeoff from a group called Migos, a very popular group. He was just killed four days ago at a private party, and he was just 28 years old. Another young man who was paid the price of immortality with his life. Rest in peace to that brother. Now, Takeoff was wildly successful, but celebrity and fame has no role to play in the timing of your end. So the goal here at the Jamal Show is to inspire people to make the most of every minute that you have while you are here. And it appears that Takeoff lived that way. But that's not the only way he lived. He was a person who celebrated his own uniqueness. That's something we should all celebrate. He was able to be a leader in the industry because he was able to lead himself first. And that's important. If you can't lead yourself, then you're destined to become a follower. Not that there's anything wrong with following when the time is right. It just gets dangerous when the people that you choose to follow may not have your best interest at heart. So it's very important to know yourself and lead yourself before others fill in that vacuum. Whoever you follow, choose your leader. Don't let them choose you. Now, there's an old saying I remember back from my upbringing in Harlem, New York. If you call yourself a leader and nobody's following you, that means you're just taking a walk in the park. And when I say that, I mean to point out that there are really two types of leadership in the world. Yes, yes, I know. Them boys down the block at Yale University will tell you differently. They may go on and on about different management styles used in different industries. And, but I'm here to tell you that there are only two types of leadership, really. And that's the bottom line. You're either forced to follow somebody or you're following them because you want to do so. So leaders can force you to follow on them in any number of ways. By hiring you, making you their employee. Or maybe a leader could become a dictator and acquire a military in your neighborhood. That could be awkward, couldn't it? Or leaders can choose another way. They can convince you to follow them with the power of their rhetoric, like Martin Luther King did. Or maybe a leader can entice you with benefits you may want, like a union leader. Basically, you follow them because you want to. Now, luckily for us here in America, there aren't many forced leaderships outside of our employment. And maybe that's the answer as to why so many people hate their jobs. But for the most part, this is a free country, especially if you have money. And that's not very autocratic. Autocratic would be a good description for the government in Russia. And I don't want to get too deep into this because we covered this in our government episode. Please check it out. But the point I'm trying to make is that leaders are not forced upon us in America. We choose them by where we live, how we spend our money, who we associate with, and most importantly, who we vote for. And as I said earlier, we have got to lead ourselves first. We've got to know ourselves before we step into that voting booth and allow ourselves to be led by those without our best interest at heart. But before we can choose wisely, like Indiana Jones, we have got to know what we want. We can't let someone else tell us what we want. We need to know that going in. 
Yeah, and it's also another way of determining uh, leaders. And um, I don't know. Here we go, Jamal. Right. My my thing is that you can always tell a leader by the arrows in their back. All right. I mean, if 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 you're going to rile somebody, okay. Yeah. You will do that. So. So know. an important part of leadership is bravery. Yeah. So you wouldn't be able to say that Republicans are leaders right now. Or being good <laughs> leaders right now. Well, the bottom line is I'm a lawyer, and in every contract negotiation, it helps to know what it is you actually want going into negotiations. Don't let anyone else tell you who you are because they may mislead you. I'm talking leadership today, people, and apparently people want to join in. But this is all very important because in a few days, we will all be asked to choose leadership in different jurisdictions around the country. Come a little closer. The midterms of next week, my friends, the midterm elections will have serious consequences depending on how they turn out. So let me first remind you that life is for the living, and part of living is breathing and voting. So I'm going to ask you first to please vote. Please vote. I'm not speaking as a hypocrite because of laziness. I have to drive to New York City to vote, so I'm going to do it. And I'm asking you to do the same. Plan your vote because it's important. If we take for granted the opportunity to choose our own leadership, then leadership may be forced upon us one day. Your vote does make a difference. It really does. Your greatest political rival may get to choose your leadership for you. Imagine giving your tax dollars to someone who holds values opposite of yours. That's what people do when they pay taxes without voting. And I'm not asking you to vote Democrat or Republican. I mean, actually, that's a lie. Yes, I'm asking you to vote Democrat. Because call them what you want, but Democrats are still about filling potholes, all right? They're still about service to their constituents and not just insult comedy, like triumph the insult comic dog or trump the insult comic dog, however you want to name it. As a side note, I have no idea why people hate Joe Biden's age. We are in a world full of wars right now. We're in a world full of wars. You want a leader who knows war. We got North Korea acting up. We got Pakistan and India going at it. We got Russia and Ukraine going at it. One could say that we're in the midst of, 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 of a building up to World War Three. One uh, could say that. No, it's just the order is being changed. You know, America is right. America, with how we have, uh, how we guaranteed freedom of the seas is being challenged. That, that's all it's about. Well, my argument is this. In a world full of wars, you want a leader who knows war because he has been alive for wars in the past. He's been there. You don't want fresh blood while Russia is threatening nuclear war. Fresh blood never had to hide under tables at, at school in the 60s like you did, right? You want an old hand. You want a guy who's met Putin ser- several times. Not a guy who tells you how tough he will be with Putin when he meets him for the first time. So you're saying he should meet the North Korean leader? Uh, Sooner or later. Yeah. But timing is important. So I don't know what the problem is with Joe Biden's age. I'm not an ageist. So I think that older means wiser. But I do acknowledge that you may not follow my advice to vote Democrat. I realize that. But please do at least vote for someone who serves you as a leader, as opposed to a leader that you have to serve or protect for some reason. Because there are people out there that will have you doing that. So you've got to self-lead first. Now, on the line, I have a good example of someone who is self-led. Her name is Amy Caprera. Amy is the COO, which is the Chief Operations Officer for those in ignorance. For the Bridgeport Jazz Festival, we are very excited to have her here joining us on the Jamal Show, the place to get intelligent 
Mrs. Cabrera, are you there? Welcome to our broadcast. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Good morning. Good morning. Now, I ran into you at the Bridgeport Library yesterday while you were promoting an event. He was actually at the library. I was at the library (laughs) writing this show. Can you tell our listeners what you were promoting and how they can get involved? Yes. So, it is uh, Thanksgiving for the community, and um, each year I put together an event to uh, gather about 30 cooks in Fairfield County, and they donate at least two full trays of cooked Thanksgiving meals, um, side dishes, meats, greens. And this is for strangers, right? This is for, these are meals that are being served to to people who just come in. And they donate these trays to a restaurant that donates the restaurant to me for Thanksgiving Day every year. And we put together the meals as a buffet style. We create plates for the hungry and the homeless and anyone less fortunate and just wants Uh, to eat a good Thanksgiving plate. How many years have you been doing this? Four years. um, By myself. By yourself? Um, It's been challenging it's been overwhelming but it's a plan that i start in july and it comes together on thanksgiving day and it's a beautiful event question People what was the motivator for this yeah yeah that, but yeah my, i don't mean to be disrespectful but who told you to do this who, who's the leader no here no one um i i do a lot of community events with my family and it got harder to just volunteer myself and be a part of something on Thanksgiving Day. Um, there's so many people volunteering. It was not organized. Um, we'd have to fill out applications and wait for a re- response. It just got really hard. So I'm an events coordinator, and I've been that for about 20 years. And I just decided to do it on my own and okay. make it easier for my family to be a part of something that can be a blessing to others. See, this is what we're talking about, leadership. This is what we're about today. We're talking about it. This woman is a leader. So there must be some money in this. There must be big bucks in this or something, uh, right? No, there's no paycheck? No, we don't get paid from that. There's no, there's no proceeds that come directly to me. Um, this is why I created it that way, for everyone to donate. So that way we can all put in forth our good efforts in spirit of love and community and share with um share with the people our blessings has anybody criticized you for this but what i do have i can give so why not just give has anyone criticized you for this uh (laughs) of course you know you get political arrows in the back you can tell a leader by political people they realize that i'm not with a church I'm not with a politician. Oh, no, you're not, not with a church? I'm not with an organization. Oh my, oh, my heavens. And they're like, why are you doing this? And I said, because it's the right thing to do. You know, people out there are alone. Yes. There are a lot of unfortunate situations going on. This very second in the city with people losing their homes, losing their families, losing their loved ones. And why not just show them that they're still... They still mean something. People out there who care. Yeah, there's still people that are worth something. And I just want to show them that they're not alone. Can I 
get you to uh, share some information as to how you can be contacted or how someone can get involved in this? Is there a contact uh, number or email address or something that mm-hmm. you can let people know yeah. Uh, yeah. how yeah, to get involved? Yeah, absolutely. They could reach me directly on my cell phone. Um, my number is 203-260-8081. Um, my email is um, kabreem at hotmail. That's C-A-B is in boy, R-E-A-M is in Mary, at Hotmail. Um, they can reach me on my Facebook page, Amy Cabrera. Um, and I have a, an event um, on Facebook that they can reach out to. It's the annual Thanksgiving for the Community Dinner event. Well, and this is down in Bridgeport, right? Yes. It's going to be downtown Bridgeport, Thanksgiving Day. I start to set up at 8 a.m. in the restaurant, and it's from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Excellent, and excellent. You know, there's all the fixings there to come and eat. Well, I want to thank you for all the work you do leading yourself to help the community you live in. We need more people like you. Also, as a side note, thanks for putting together the Bridgeport Jazz Fest, which <laughs> I will be very happy to attend next year with my people. So you'll be seeing us again. My people. That's yeah. right. Uh, Mac likes jazz too, so we're gonna come down there and support you. Um, you gave us your contact information, um, yeah. so I want to thank you for calling in. We'll be in contact um, and keep doing what you're doing. Please. You're an inspiration. Um, I'm gonna you're see if I can set a check down or something like that. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I, you know, I just try to be an example for my expectations in our kids, and you know, in order for them to learn, they have to see. You are an example. All right, yeah, thank you very much for calling in. I'll be in contact. Thanks a lot, and we'll be, this will be up soon. Thank you so much. That was, Have a good weekend. Thanks. You too. That was Amy Caprera. She's the COO of the Bridgeport Jazz Fest, which uh, sounds pretty exciting, doesn't it? You like hey, jazz, right? Yeah, yeah. I work for two jazz musicians myself. Um, and this is a great example of someone who saw a need, saw a need and led herself to it. She didn't wait for a church. She didn't wait... You know, some people, it's good to become part of your church if you want to become active. Yeah. But, but she didn't wait for that. She moved on with she her. She stepped in. She stepped in. On her own. Now, I know we're going to have an artist call in, but uh, if he's not on now, we're probably going to go ahead and take a break. Okay, uh, have him call in right now. And uh, we do have another guest. He's an artist, and that's him right now. This is another self-made, uh, self-led man who wants to talk about uh, what he's doing. Excellent. Hello, it's put them right on. I have to sit over there. Here we go. First yeah, yeah. With some seats. This this man's name is Corey Brooks Jr. Uh, Corey is an artist. He's uh, out there putting his stuff out there. Corey, can you hear me? Corey, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Corey, uh, as I understand it, first I want to thank you very much. Part of the reason why you're here today. It's because uh, you drew a very nice picture of my, my um, beloved son who was departed a couple of years ago. I don't want to go too deep into that because it inspires sadness, but thank you so much for your picture. It is beautiful. Um, Deborah's going to be holding that picture up for our audience. We're going to be posting it on our, our Facebook page. So I just want you to talk a little bit about your art and what brings you to, uh, to do it. What, what makes you an artist, sir? All right. So, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to speak here today. Um, artist is something that has been a part of me since I was a little kid, you know, growing up in the 90s. All of the cartoons that were on TV, all of the, you know, even music being influenced by hip-hop and R&B and even gospel music growing up, like all of that stuff 
um, helped me to realize what God placed in me. So um, I did go to art college for a little while, and I always study. Even though I'm not in school, I study, I practice, I take clients, and I just try to keep myself together. You know, sharp. The pictures. Okay. All right, so um, Corey, um, where can someone see your stuff? Like they want to look at it right now. Okay, right now um, I have an Instagram. You can find me at Code Ninety One on Instagram. So C O D E Nine One. That's my artist tag. Okay. My alias, basically. Okay, and what kind of stuff do you concentrate on? You do mostly uh, human forms, or? Oh uh, yeah, so I mostly do cartoons, and I tell I like to tell stories through cartoons, so storytelling. But I'm really I don't know how to say it, like, I'm multi-talented with the different styles, so I can do a portrait if someone asks me, but mostly I do cartoons and storytelling. If you go on the Instagram, you'll see, like, a lot of, you know, colorful little cartoons okay. and storytelling. So we, we're posting your stuff. We're going to be posting your stuff on our uh, Jamal yes. Show Facebook page. Uh, Deborah, do you have any other uh, things you want to say? Thank you. Um, yeah, here's the picture. So, um, hi, Corey. So good to have hey. you here with us this morning. So, since this show is about leadership, really quick, I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of background on how I met Corey. I met Corey um, really just randomly. I serve on an organization called Square Up, which their main goal is to um, address food insecurity and homelessness in the greater Bridgeport area. So, you can find us at Square Up for Others online on Facebook. I met Corey through this organization. Um, I've been serving on it. And recently, they came through, um, one of my service members, my team member, and said that this amazing artist drew this for you because we know that um, squaring up uh, in life is very, very difficult. There's many different things that come. So I'm really happy that you drew that for us, Corey. Um, you really made my day. I couldn't. So you're the only guy that got the mustache on my son. Yes, right? <laughs> my yes. son had an infant mustache. I told him. So uh, thank you so much for that picture. I wanted to give you some light. Is yes. there any message you have for our audience today, uh, Corey, before you get off? Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, first and foremost, of course, none of this would be possible without Jesus. So, Amen. Praise God. Christian on the line. Praise God. We do have a bishop definitely. in the house. He, he approves of your message. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely, you know, got to stick together and continue helping one another because uh. that's what the youth really needs. You know, they are the next generation. So, we got to, like you said, leadership. We do yes. have to show proper leadership because kids mimic they they copy um so we just need to show them the right things in, to instill in them so that they can you know may i ask you how old you are i'm 31 all right yeah you sound very wise for a man of your age so um i'm very happy to have you on maybe i'll have you on again keep doing your pictures man keep inspiring people i just wanted to have you on a thank you man so thanks a lot for that picture it's gonna um it's going to be with us for always, man. Yes. We'll always know you. We'll always wow. remember you. Tell your right? story with Corey. Thank you. God, you're ble- <laughs> God bless you, man. And we're going to move on and give our people a break. We're going to give our people right. a break. All right? Uh, go ahead and take them off. Um, oh, you know what I forgot to do? I forgot to kick the show off. Welcome to Saturday, my friends. The very next day of your life. This is the Jamal Show, the place to get intelligent, live and on your favorite podcasting network. My name is Jamal. I'm an information junkie from Harlem, and I'm passing the fruits of my illness on to you, against which no vaccine has ever been successful, ever. As for me, I'm your listener guide, mostly along for the ride, coming straight through the Hartford studios of WKND, and I'm doing that live, up until the day when Republicans can bring themselves to stop threatening elected officials. 
When will that be? Well, for the foreseeable future, so buckle in. On this day, the revolution will be televised on Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube because you never know which one is going to go out of business first. So the Jamal show is on all three. Go there now and your intelligence will improve. I'm not misleading you. <laughs> Greetings to everybody in the studio, starting with the Archbishop. What's up? My good friend, Dr. Alfonso Mack. Hello, hello, hello. As part of his court-ordered community <laughs> service. Hello, hello, Thank you, Mac. Uh, Deborah, Deborah, Deborah Abram is here helping us with sign language and some commentary. Now, we are live on the radio right now on WKND 97.5 and 1480 AM, but you can also hear us while using a live radio app on the Internet. So go forth and avail yourself of all of your opportunities. Now, it's been like two weeks since you last heard my voice. The last time we talked, the theme was about luck. And you should be so lucky to hear that. It's up on podcast, and it's worth checking out. That's a real good show. It and is. It is. I actually like maintenance better, but we won't say I like. That. I like luck. My definition is in there. Today, I am here to remind us of the importance of good leadership, of yourself. Because the best listeners in the world are the ones who can really listen to themselves first. And oh, how appropriate that next week we will all be taking part in being Americans with our vote. By the way, you know that real leadership is? You know what real leadership is? Real leadership is this broadcast being posted on every network known to mankind. Unfortunately, I'm not that kind of leader yet. But you can help me along by sharing these ingenious minutes with friends and or family. Lastly, please know that my views do not represent the views of this station. The station just owns the station, if that makes any sense. I'm the one at fault for my views. So if you got to go after somebody with a hammer... I would bravely ask that you consider Dr. Mack. <laughs> because at least he already lived through the civil rights movement. I haven't yet. I am but a young, innocent child, my friends. By the way, you can call us and tell us that we are stupid at any time. Heard it all before. Just call 860-218-2173 and you will be allowed to tell us we are stupid again right before you die. I'm joking. Okay, folks. As your dear leader, I say it's time for a break. Of course, Jamal's show commercial breaks almost never include a commercial. Don't be ridiculous. What we do include is some independent music that you probably won't hear any, anywhere else. So let's have at it. Hey, put the, that hammer down. The song is called Teth Wonder, and it's by a guy named Mex Cortez, the greatest rapper in Africa. Put it down. It's available anywhere. You stream your music. <laughs> so meet me on the other side of God and don't hit him in the head with a hammer. Girl, you got me focused on the cream, yeah. God making sure we on the scene, yeah. You beside me when I'm working on my dream, yeah. The day I make it, can't wait to see you scream, yeah. All my head is busy watching memes, yeah. That is rapper, but for you, I'm coming clean, yeah. Joe, who could you might stab as a queen, yeah. I just see you in 17, give me that thunder. I've been praying all day, you're my death wonder. You make the pain go away, show me the way. Come on. 
no turning Who's sharp for the wish on is around the town And when it ends one, that one go number one The fussy I creep up on me, let me See what only how we get a baby, ni way, way The shit get open like a bag of kill, let me Big a get, let me Give me that thunder I've been praying all day You're my tenth wonder You make the pain go away Show me the way my to believe in what you're doing in life in order to better get through it. That's really the message of this show. That's what this show is all about. And we hope you believe in the message as much as we do, which is why we're hoping that you'll take this opportunity to support us through coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com backslash the Jamal show. Please join us there. Consider buying us a coffee. We need the caffeine to keep this show running and to keep telling the truth, quite honestly. So why don't you join us? And we'll give you a nice shout-out on the next broadcast. Join us at coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com backslash The Jamal Show. We'd really appreciate any support you can give us. Thank you very much. Hello again, my friends. That song is called Tenth Wonder. It's by a guy named Mex Cortez, the best rapper in Africa. And you can find that tune on any streaming platform, if you so please. Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, you choose. Support independent artists is what I always say. Now, moving on, the subject is leadership. And in this segment, I want to speak on bad leadership. Let me give you an example. And you can help me on this, Mac. Let me know if you've heard about this. Go ahead, go ahead. Man takes yeah. a hammer, breaks yeah. into the residence of the third most powerful politician in the country. Uh-huh. He doesn't try to hide it because, in fact, he's on a suicide mission. And his name is David DePape. And he's on every video in the world. So he breaks in looking to bust the kneecap of the most powerful woman in the country so that she could have, so that she would have to be wheeled onto the floor of the House of Representatives. And why? Well, of course, to set an example for all the other politicians, David DePape does not like. The second in line to the presidency wasn't home. Third. 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 Well, I mean, the president and vice president okay, are okay, the same okay, office. Okay, okay. Um, so like any reasonable man, Mr. DePape decides to attack an 82-year-old man, Paul Pelosi, with a damn hammer in front of police. Make sense yet? It makes sense yet? Well, you must be thinking of yourself if it makes sense because that story doesn't make sense to me at all. Clearly, David DePape wasn't thinking for himself. He allowed others to think for him and fill his head with nonsense. Now, as a grand prize, guess what David DePape gets? He gets what's behind door number three, a miserable life in prison for decades with no chance of being released early. 
How's that for a good, hey. good precedent? Hey. Actually, my boss actually thinks uh, DePape will get a lighter sentence once everyone figures out how crazy he really is. But let me tell you my theory. Go ahead. I mean, when, it, when this went down, and uh, I knew it wasn't a brother that did this. You know how I knew it wasn't a brother that did this? Because he didn't try to get away with it? Because he survived. And he also snitched on himself he to the He survived. Cops. He's around today. It was a brother That's that right. broke he did, in there. He, he, did, he, did he, he be He'd be dust. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and a brother would have bought a gun. I mean, not that a brother would have did this, but a brother would have bought a gun. He'd been more efficient He would have been it, like, man. yo, I need a hammer Where to take Where are you going? Where are you going? The thing that baffled me is this guy didn't even try to hide it. Like, he broke in the front, right in the middle of the window and walked right through it. Right? Hey, and hey. he didn't try to be quiet. He was like, yeah. hey, is Nancy here? Right. You know, right. like he literally was like, "How do I go to jail for the longest time?" Didn't sound time like a brother possible? to me. The longest time possible. It was a Forrest Gump moment, man. Stupid is as stupid does. Well, here's the thing. Here's how you knew he wasn't a brother, even if you didn't see the see the TV. Right? He said that when the cops came, he didn't run. Yeah. Because he wanted them to know he was doing it to stop tyranny. Nah, that that, that's that, definitely that, not a black that, man. That, not a black that, man. That, that, that ain't happening. Because <laughs> a black man runs by like duplex. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I run when a cop passes nope, me. Nope, nope. Just he don't even have to have his ain't happening. On. I, ain't happening. So he's gonna be in jail forever, um, maybe. And the courts, I think, are gonna make a big example of him because judges are scared too. I mean, someone just tried to kill Justice Kavanaugh a few months ago. Judges don't want people coming after them either. either. So Mr. DePape will probably end up under the jail, as he should be, because this was a bold crime, Mac. Yeah. He didn't try to be sneaky. He just he bust right through the middle bodacious. of the glass patio door. Bodacious. Be- belonging, belonging to the Speaker of the House. That's called the home invasion, right? I'm a, I'm a criminal defense attorney, and the only worse crimes than what he did are murder and t- child abuse, maybe kidnapping. Right. So now Secret Service protection is going to have to be extended to Nancy and her husband in Washington and at her home in San Francisco. You know what? I, I just can't believe that a guy can just walk behind someone's million-dollar mansion and bust the window and nobody sees him. No, no he looked like he No, A brother would have stuck out, like I said. That's what I'm saying. He looked yeah, like he yeah. belonged there with a hammer in his hand. <laughs> and, and, and let me tell you, this is how you know. This is how you know he wasn't a brother, too. Yeah. I, I always tell my white friends this. Black people are in jail for one of like two, two or three things. Beef, money, or, or or some kind of beef over a girlfriend. That that goes under beef. It's not it's not because, you know, someone filled their head with nonsense about the election. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's right, not like Trump right. Barack Obama can't send a thousand black people to the Capitol. Because they just won't go. They'll be like, No, you go, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, no you go. You go do your own dirt. That's what they say in the streets, right? No one, no black man's in jail because Trump told them to do something right. that was illegal. Right. Or there's no black man dis- even disbarred for that. Right. I wouldn't lose right. my license for that. Right. We get paid to lose stuff like that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Right. So right. It's, got, it's, it's easy with black people. Money. It's about money. It's about beef. It's, it's easy. This guy, David DePape, he didn't do this crime for money. He didn't even have beef. David DePape committed this horrible crime because somewhere along the line, he failed to lead himself. And he allowed other people who don't give a damn about him to fill his head with nonsense. And now, guess what, bro? There were no second chances. I almost feel sorry for the man, except the part where he beat an 82-year-old man in the head with a hammer. Feel sorry? I mean, because there's an element of mental illness here. Yeah, I mean, the guy was definitely off his meds, if he was ever taking them. 
And this could have easily been a murder. In fact, it could still turn into a murder. I heard uh, Nancy Pelosi on the TV yesterday, and she's still sad. I'm thinking this guy could still die. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you don't take blows to the head lightly. He's not out of the woods yet. But what, here's the weirdest thing about this whole story. David DePompe is an undocumented migrant. No, yeah, sir. I said it. I said it. He is an illegal immigrant. Um, in Trump speak, David DePompe is an illegal. You're, you're kidding me. Those are just the type of folks that the Trump cult hates the most. So, yes, maybe David DePompe may have been irrational and violent, but the craziest thing about him. The absolutely craziest thing about him is that he supports people who want to deport him from America. And Nancy Pelosi is one of the people that don't want him to be deported. But he attacked her, and he supports the people that want to deport him. That's what I can't get over about the, about the uh, so, Spanish vote. I mean, they want to vote for people who want to literally hurt them. So I, I, I never understood that. Obviously, there's a little confusion going on here. With Mr. I don't care if you're Mexican or Puerto Rican and stuff like that. You're going to vote for these people who don't want you here? Please. No, no, wait, he didn't, see, he went further than voting for them. He actually busted into Nancy Pelosi's house to beat her husband with a hammer because he doesn't like Nancy Pelosi. Even though she's part of the group that wants to keep him in the, in the country. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Hey. The guy he's defending, the people he's defending, want him out of the country as soon as possible. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't get it. I really don't get it. In fact, this even this um, Oath Keeper guy that testified yesterday, his mother's half Mexican. No. Uh, obviously not alive anymore. Maybe he killed her. I don't know. But, you know... He must, uh, David DePape didn't get the memo about uh, American politics, but he's not the only one, my friend. Let's talk a little bit about Elon Musk. Go ahead. Elon Musk, mm-hmm. Elon Musk paid three times what Twitter is worth to buy it. And then he has the nerve to be forced to complete the co- transaction. He made an a, a offer on Twitter right, to buy right, them. Right. But he wasn't serious. Right. It was off the cuff. It was off the cuff. It was off the cuff. It's all a joke to him. Right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, free speech. Ha ha. I'm from Australia. I can say whatever I want. No, stuff I have all the money in the world. Yeah. You know? It was all a joke to him. Then he had to be forced to complete the transaction because he realized how stupid it was. He offered $44 billion for Twitter before even looking at the books. The man never really wanted to buy Twitter. He just wanted attention. It was all about being a troll. It was not about being a businessman. So Elon Musk knew he screwed up the minute Twitter took him seriously. You know why? Let me tell you why. No company that is doing well is in a rush to be sold. Think about it. If a company you own is doing fantastic profits, would you be in a rush to sell it? No. Hey, look, look. The guys who, in my opinion, from where I sit and what I see, this, the guys who had Twitter uh, wanted to do a cash out. So they cashed out. Of course. Because Twitter is a boondoggle. Right. Twitter is very, very popular. It's one and of so things. now longer comes uh, Elon, and Elon says, okay, we're going to make this a real company. Well, right? and, and, and we're going, all right, so therefore, we're going to show a balance sheet. It's going to make sense. Yeah. And by the way, half of you are fired. Because your existence doesn't make sense. But just look at it from the Harlem perspective. Anyone that w- rushes to sell you something, me, it means it's not that valuable. I right? agree. I mean, let's, if, if we tried to buy Apple right now, we had $100 billion. We wouldn't even get in the front door. We could have a trillion dollars, and we could, we wouldn't be able to get in the front door. Of Apple. Apple is a cash cow. They make money sleeping. They they make money. They have a cult going on. You know what I'm saying? And the last thing Apple's going to do is sell to anybody. You know why? 
Because they got a cash cow. They got one of the most profitable companies in the world. They wouldn't sell. Twitter jumped to sell. Then they not only jumped to sell, they sued him. They were like, man, you got to please complete this purchase. We need you to complete this purchase. Because they know they're not worth it. Well, Twitter's this is before like, your time, but it reminds me of what happened with AOL. You don't remember that. Oh, so. no, 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 no. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> AOL because, went through this. Because Twitter is considered the second worst acquisition in history. Yeah. After it, Time Warner, AOL. After AOL. Yeah. Now, it, a lot of older people, a lot of younger people Careful, don't know about I told you about that. That's right. See this but, hammer? But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, Twitter's just like Jamal. Very popular, but makes no money. Hey. You know what I'm saying? That's what, that's what Twitter is. And he thought he was going to get a whole bunch of attention. i got to stop slamming the table, I know. He thought he was going to get a whole bunch of attention by buying it. Well, he wasted a whole lot of money. He lost about $33 billion in one day. But he'll make it back. Come on. It's like Tiger when he had to pay out for his divorce. Give it to her. You'll get it back. Not only was Twitter in a rush to be sold, Twitter was actually filing a lawsuit to make Elon Musk follow up with the purchase. Twitter was like, man, please buy us or else we'll force you to buy us. Would you buy a company of the owner begged you to take it off their hands it has been said that the elon musk twitter acquisition as i just said was the worst acquisition since airwall bought, bought time warmer and no one talks about that anymore you know the day he bought it the stock was worth like 15 bucks a share and he paid something like 44 dollars a share for it and already already mac Elon Musk is complaining about the huge drop in revenue that occurred when he bought it. That's okay. It's like he's tone deaf. He doesn't realize That's how okay. to everybody else. You think you heard it? Money? Listen, you're gonna. Elon is going to turn this into a profit. He has everything he needs to make Twitter profitable. He has everything the, he needs except half his workforce because it, he just laid. He, him doesn't, he doesn't need them. Why? Yeah. Why am I going to carry him? I don't need them. That, that is true. They probably if I that. don't need them, why am I carrying them? They probably had too many employees, which is why they didn't make any money. I mean, have you seen some of the benefits that these people were getting at Twitter with yeah. the gourmet this and the yeah. gourmet that and, yeah. and the exercise and the ping pong table? You know? Well, I mean, you know? firing them Come by on. email might not be. They, it is Twitter, so I get it. I get it. But firing people by email is never, never popular. And I don't want to just talk about Elon Musk because he's almost as big of an idiot as your boy Kanye West. Now, we, uh, we dumped on him a little bit last week. And I don't want to dump on Kanye West any more than he has dumped on himself already. I can't make Kanye West look any worse than he's already made himself look. I mean, anyone who says, damn, they closed my bank account, so now we have to arrest Jews. A guy like that probably needs a rest from the spotlight. But now, we have discovered other ramifications due to his recklessness. And that is that Kanye's elementary school called the Donda Academy has now been shut down. The students, many of whom pay $15,000 a year, others on scholarships, the students all have to find new schools to attend now. And why? Because Kanye West wants to go DEFCON 4 on Jews. And you know what? If Kanye wants to be the new Hitler, that's him. But then he shouldn't be going around leading the school. He shouldn't be holding himself out as a leader to young people some of which knew nothing about hating Jews until Kanye West came along to teach them how. By doing what he did, Jay has shown that he can't possibly have the best interests of those students at heart. His mouth is more important than their education, obviously. And those parents made the mistake of trusting Kanye West with their kids' education. You got a kid up in there? No, hey, uh, no, 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 wait a minute. But now, who, fo- who follows Kanye? Huh? Um, who followed him? 
the guys from the Nets. I mean, now all of a sudden he's putting hate you stuff on. Oh his, yeah, Kyrie yeah, Irving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Irving, well, Irving got stupid. I mean, well, no, no, it's more of a continuation of stupid. You know. Well, you know what? It's, when you're allowed to be stupid, because no one really expects anything from you, but right, right, the right, right, dunk the basketball, right, play, and, play and ball. I gotta say, I don't watch basketball that much, but Kyrie Irving has a hell of a ball handle. I mean, it's very entertaining to watch. He's very interesting to watch. But that's but as far as he goes, man. As as goes. I mean, I'll be dang on if, I, if I'm going to follow him. Yeah. Right? He's not my leader. He was pretty <laughs> He was pretty despicable during the coronavirus thing. Yeah, um, he's not my leader. It's um, not the and, way I wish to be. And the only reason why he's an issue is because he, he is a star player. Right? All right. All right. Star player, basketball, great. Goodbye. But we never asked. Um, someone made a good point last night. You know, this is a job for them. They're entertainers. And we never asked, like, we never asked Prince, hey, what do you think about... Uh, the Bush nomination after he got off stage, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. To an extent, we don't we don't really expect our entertainers to be politically correct. But then right? now, look at take what we see what happened with Irving and put that against um, LeBron trying to break into having a intelligent conversation with people. He's trying to do on both being be an excellent ball player as well as having something intelligent to say. And, th- and you can see the tension there. LeBron James is the only reason why I pay any attention to the NBA at, at all. And I talked a lot of crap about him when he got the $90 million yeah. Nike contract yeah. at, at 17 or 16 years old. Yeah. But he lived up to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He lived up to it. You know, LeBron James is a great man on and off the court. Yes, Let it be said. Yes, he is. He is a leader. You know who else is? Who? who, You know? Have you seen LeBron James's son? Man, I heard they were trying to draft him. You need to see LeBron James's son. I heard heard they're trying to draft him already. Yeah, I saw him up here uh, in Springfield. You know? Yeah. What idiot would make the mistake of trusting Kanye West enough to send their children to his school, though, for a second time after this recent? display of selfishness this man literally said adidas can't do nothing about me being anti-semitic that statement didn't age well did it and i want to speak about one more old chap dan snyder this is something i need your help on because i do not watch football you do what's that dan snyder wants to sell the washington nationals oh please sell them see i knew you were gonna say that (laughs) Everyone's saying that. Plus, I don't know it. football that well. Yeah, so but all get my him, friends are like, get some brothers, get some money together, and buy that team. Okay, please. so what are the issues? The one issue I, I know that he's not a winning. He, he doesn't. They haven't won in a long time. Since first off, first, that's okay. First off, we need to be in in at that level in the NFL. We do, and here's an opportunity. Buy the team, guys. All you guys with the well, money. I heard he was young. You know, he was. But you, ah, I'm not making excuses. Get him out of there. Come on, guys. Was he against, like, uh, changing the name from the Redskins? Yeah, from the Redskins, yeah. Like, that, that, that whole scenario. He's got a lot of that. things that are going yeah. yeah, it's time for him to go. Because I, I, mean, I was watching the news last night, and there were people dancing on the streets of, um, in D.C. happy that he's getting rid of the Nationals. I'm like, are you yeah, kidding me? Yeah, yeah. And now the FBI is looking into him. Why not? Why not? You're with it, huh? Yeah, yeah, get him out. Come on, brother, step up to the plate. I mean, anyway, time for a break with some music, of course. And after that, we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming death of affirmative action, or rather, the upcoming murder of affirmative action by the Supreme Court. And then we've got Jimmy with books, so stay with us. And until then, please enjoy music. This is Tougher by Lowski. I love this song, so check it out.
do a lot, we suffer. Uh. They just made us tougher. It made us tougher. Tough, hey, tough, hey, tough. It made us tougher. Tough, hey, tough. Hey, hey. They were just only cautious. Fake people make me nauseous. Switch your currency for the gossip. I'ma do it, just block it. Sipping up with this wine, pretending like I am fine. Judgment is easy to find. Judgment, hope is not hard to lose. Design like a set of keys. So, how do I open up without risking further injury? Yeah, I remember. Again, my friends. Hello again, my friends. That song was tougher by Lowski. And uh, it's very important that uh, you know that these all this music can be found on the streaming services, any streaming service that you use. We only play independent music. So uh, I want to make sure that you know that. If you have any music that you want to share, please send it to us. Please send it to us so we can send it, so we can play it, excuse me. And you will get paid. We are a real station. Life is for the living here at the Jamal Show, the place to get intelligent. That last piece, called Tougher, is a song I really love. And before I move on to our next subject, I need to confess a few things about me that you probably didn't know. Some people know what I'm about to say, but not everybody. And the first thing that is, is that I'm a high school dropout. I'm not bragging. I'm not proud of it, folks. In fact, I can also tell you that due to circumstances not caused by me, I also don't have my GED. I did take the test, but I never received the credentials. But even with those facts against me, I still was able to go to Syracuse University and get a four-year degree. I was lucky. They must have thought I was a leader or something. I was accepted into a top-tier school based on an interview. Now, why am I saying this? I'm saying this to say, my friends, that I am a child of affirmative action. I am a child of affirmative action. I can repeat that with certainty. And I'm glad I was because it just so happens that I was very successful in college and in law school, for that matter. I won the biggest scholarship there was to win while I was in college, and I traveled the world as a scholar with Syracuse University, Africa, Europe, you name it. And yet, I was only there because of affirmative action. In fact, my son would have trouble getting into Syracuse University today, and he actually graduated from high school, unlike I did, unlike me. Not to mention that Syracuse University is now the most expensive school in America at this point. It's like a small city. 
Now, I will admit that not all affirmative action cases are as successful as I was with my degree. And I, in fact, in fact, let me name, there's a good story in the New York Times about this, about some of the first black people admitted to Columbia University. That's an Ivy League school in New York near where I grew up in Harlem. Hamilton. Hamilton, that's right. Um, Columbia admitted lots of blacks in 1969 as a response to the civil rights movement and the death of Martin Luther King. And they had mixed results. Some blacks ending up on the top and some ending up on the streets of New York City. So one thing is for sure, racism is, racism is complex and isn't easily solved with a one-size-fits-all solution. This is relevant today because it appears as if the affirmative action that we knew in college admissions that we all know and love may go away for good. It may be ruled unconstitutional. In fact, there are two cases in front of the U.S. Supreme Court right now that involve two different schools. I believe one is Harvard. I forget the other one. But these cases could easily end up, and most people are predicting that these cases will be the catalyst to end affirmative action in school admissions as we know it. And let's be honest, we had to know this was coming someday, right? In a country where white people are feeling less and less privileged every day, we had to know this was coming. But it's still strange to, to me because I've lived most of my life being supported by the good intentions of affirmative action. The good intentions of it. This is called backlash. Again, I am a product of affirmative action. Anyone who likes me as a person who is white should realize that they probably wouldn't even know me if not for affirmative action. Sorry, guys, but that's the truth. I'd be chilling on the streets of Harlem right now, and I must wonder what it, what it was like for you, Dr. Mack. You went to school at a time when black people damn near had to sneak in. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was tough. Uh, I don't know. I went to an uh, all-black college only because I had gone to, uh, uh, all, you know, integrated my grade school and high school and stuff like that. As a matter of fact, I went to the same uh, high school that Bezos went through. Uh, but, Obviously, uh, you ended up in the same place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't sell. I didn't start off selling books. Yeah, yeah. but uh, no, it w- it was interesting. Um, but let me tell you, Kentonji, this is the the first case that Kentonji Brown Jackson has been uh, featured on, and uh, I think you'll be kind of proud to hear what she had to say. I'm gonna go ahead and play a clip right quick before we bring Jimmy in. All right, uh, here it goes. In this case, affirmative action. Take a look. The university is not requiring anybody to give their race at the beginning. Um, when you give your race, you're not getting any special points. No one's automatically getting in because race is being used. I thought that part of what it meant to be an American and to believe in American pluralism is that actually our institutions, you know, are reflective of who we are as as a people in all our variety. I've heard the word uh, diversity quite a few times, and I don't have a clue what it means. Oh. Oh, oh. Uh, it seems to mean everything for everyone. I, I've, I've been hearing about diversity for a long time, and I don't have a clue what it means. Unless unless someone wants to put me on the Supreme Court like they did back in the 80s. Well, <laughs> you know, it's like pornography. I can't define yeah. it, but I damn sure you know, know it when I see it. I right? don't know what diversity is. <laughs> I don't know what diversity is, but, you know, Clarence Thomas, of course. Clarence has got you know, to go, man. I know Clarence diversity, has got to retire. I know what diversity is in my own marriage because I'm married to a white woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that's diversity, Caref- that's careful. diversity in marriage. Careful, you know careful. <laughs> so, so he knows what diversity is because the only reason why he's on the court it's because George H.W. Bush wanted to hire a black man. See, I was alive for that. He must be talking to the people who wasn't alive back then. See, because he knew what diversity was back then. I mean, the Jones case was right after that. No, before that. Before that, Jones. But you the know? only reason 
Well, he was put on the Supreme Court. It's because George H.W. Bush wanted a, a black person on the Supreme They were looking for a black man. Now, back then, he didn't say, hey, you know, I don't really believe in diversity, so don't put me in the court. He was like, hey, I'm the guy. I'm your guy, right? Yeah, but yeah, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. now, decades later, he doesn't know what diversity is. It seems to mean everything to everybody, especially if that everybody is Clarence Thomas and he wants to be in the Supreme Court. But right? now he's got somebody across from him who's a, a strong black woman, and she's already making a, a significant difference in the court and expressing a view of black people that uh, Clarence seems to want to ignore. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, what? What, Clarence, you don't know us? Well, let me tell you, I've got I mean, my- where, where did this come from? I mean, you, you were supposed to be there to, rep- I mean, you, you, to represent us. Well, I'm going to bring on my version of Clarence Thomas right quick. We only got like eight, eight or seven minutes, but you know what? I spoke about Syracuse University. When I was there, I met a guy. We became tight. His name is Jimmy. Jimmy's a special kind of person. If you know what I mean, and he reads a lot of books. So sometimes, every now and then... Even when we don't ask Jimmy, he tells his friends about the books he reads. And Come on, Jimmy. Come on. He makes us want to read those books, too. So now, I have yeah. to go. You can't have Jimmy. Come on, Jimmy. Come on. You can't have Jimmy without the theme What's music. Up, guys? Theme How music. Theme music. We good. We good. Right. There you go. Get, right, get the music. Get the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Today, All right. Leadership All right. is the thing today, right? Yeah. Leadership yeah. is the thing. What yeah. book do you go have ahead. for us? All right. The book is called Eleven Rings, and Eleven it's by Rings. Phil Jackson. The guy who was the coach. Oh, coach uh, of the L.A. Lakers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Eleven Rings by Phil Jackson. Got you. Yeah. And what is it about? Basically, uh, it's about how to deal with ego. If you boil it down, um, one of the biggest things about leadership is ego, especially on a winning team. Basically, the title is because he won six championship rings with the Chicago Bulls, which featured Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and all those guys. Mm. And then he won five more championship rings with the Los Angeles Lakers, which featured Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant. And so in each situation, on each team, he had these gigantic egos, Jordan and Pippen on one team, or Jordan and the rest of the guys on one team. And then with the Lakers, Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant. And so it's just a really good example of how he worked with these guys, and he has this like Native American and Buddhist philosophies yes. and so on. So it's just a real interesting. Reason. What's his name again? Phil. Phil Jackson. Now it's funny yeah. you you say his name. He he's the subject of a famous Chris Rock joke. He was like, uh, oh yeah. He said Chris Rock said once he's like the only black leader I want to hear from is Phil Jackson. <laughs> is there any man that can bring black men to eleven rings? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a black leader right there. Right, right. Forget Al Sharpton. You we know, need Phil you know Jackson. What's crazy about him is uh, he actually has a championship of his own that he won as a player with the New York Knicks. Yes, so he's really got twelve championships with, with Bradley and uh, yeah. and, uh, and some uh, of the other guys. Willis Reed, right? Willis Reed. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Hey, how old yeah. are you, man? <laughs> Me? <laughs> no, don't. No, that's okay. That's, okay. that's, <laughs> a, that's an inside joke, man. I'm, I'm going to give you a hint. I'm going to give you a hint. Jimmy is much, much older than me because uh-huh. I'm a young boy all of right, innocence. All right, all right. I'm a young boy uh, yeah, of right. Now, Jimmy. Right. <laughs> now, never, never been kissed, right? Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> I've, I've, I've never been touched in the wrong way. So, Jimmy, we have very little time today, but I need to get your feedback, really, because I know you're a football fan. I want to yeah. hear what you have to say about the Dan Snyder sale. You're, you're, oh, a Washington, you're a Washington Snyder. fan, too, Let him right? talk. Let him talk. Yeah. And I'm here in D.C. Uh, Dan Snyder needs to sell the team. Thank you. He <laughs> brought the team down over 25, 20 years. So he's got to sell it. And rest in peace to Dave Butts, who was one of the original hogs off the original 
Washington team when it was called the racist slur, unfortunately. So yeah. we'll just say the Washington team. But yeah, he passed away yesterday. If, you, years old. Yeah. if you had to yeah. say the one reason why Dan Snyder is so hated as a, as a sports team older, what, 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 what is it? I don't understand it. Uh, toxic workplace, uh, sexual harassment. Right. Uh, and, yeah. and disrespecting, by, if I may say, in my opinion, uh, black players. Okay. Oh yeah, racism too. Yeah. yeah. So Dan you Snyder? know. Really? Yeah, well, see, you have to remember, first off, uh, that th- you're talking about Chocolate City here, man, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, if there's a place that we need to have ownership, right. it's, it's it's here. It's, you know, it's here. It's just, I mean, you, you know that crime if, if stops out, um, in D.C. Dan when the game Snyder, The reason he's selling the team is because the city, the black city, the black mayor and all that, they're not going to give him the money to buy a, to buy a new stadium. stadium in D.C. Right. So, yeah, one of their stipulations is, yeah, we're looking hard at black ownership, and I believe Jay Z and Jeff Bezos. Right? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. So thanks for. Uh, well, Jay Z has a piece of the uh, of the Nets, so. Yeah. Okay, but no, let's let's. Oh wait a minute! Oh Jesus! Oh wow! I just got handed a um, I just got handed a note that Reverend Calvin Butts has passed away in Harlem. Huh. sorry about that. When when was this? That was a couple of days ago. Really? Why did I hear this? Yeah, that was. Like you gotta get your head out of the books, man. Jesus, I did not hear this, and I'm from that yeah, area. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I should have said, oh. but yeah, your audience <laughs> is probably like, oh yeah, that was a few days. Ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I've been so busy going to prisons recently, visiting these clients. You know, I got to get my head out of my butt sometimes. You know. Yeah. Well, well rest in peace making to a my living. man. Yeah, rest in peace to my man, Reverend Calvin Butts. That's yeah. one of our. Al Sharpton's best friends, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. He's very yeah. powerful. You know, Calvin Butts is one of the only reverends in Harlem that has like a whole um, uh, business yeah, yeah. out of his church. They have a school bus business. They have like restaurants and stuff. I mean, they have, this guy's a businessman. Hey, you, when you do a show on Al Sharpton or when he when you have him, I got a good book for, for when you do Al Sharpton's show. Great, yeah. His um, his book, actually, Go Tell Pharaoh, was actually fantastic. We can have a great... Yeah. I, I read that a couple years ago, and I thought it was one of the best books I ever read. Um, and so we should talk about that upcoming. We're running out of time. My producer's about to throw us out of here. Jimmy, thanks for being on. We'll be talking. And two Appreciate weeks. it, guys. Hey, get us a good book for two weeks. From By the way, real quick, you said autobiography of Malcolm X the last time we were together, right? Yep. Well, do the yep. follow-up book, Malcolm X Speaks, okay? Read them together. The next, awesome. the next show will be uh, November 20th, just so you know. See if you can get a book in by then. And we'll be wishing right. everyone happy holidays then. Jim, I'll be speaking to you soon. And for All those right, guys, who are with us. You. Yeah, God bless. And for those who are, uh, who are still with us on the Jamal Show, I just want to thank you all for listening to us today. Um, I got to thank everybody, all of my guests, all the people who make this show a reality for the 10 listeners we have. Joe Duncan, Alex Sanchez, Alfonso Matt, yeah. the Archbishop, Deborah Abram, Dr. Denise Wonderler, all of you. We love you all. And most of all, we love the listener. Because without the listener, we wouldn't have anybody to talk to. And that would be a sad, sad story indeed. So please ke- take care of yourself, yeah, listener. Don't leave me with him. And try to take care <laughs> of someone else, too. See you in two weeks. This is the Jamal Show. <laughs> Jamal. This is the Jamal Show. This is the Jamal Show. This is the Jamal Show.